This is Death by DVD. I am your host, Alexander Nash, and with these always is my co-host and my scholars rock. It's Hank Buble. I will bring great fortune to you and sing Christmas carols because apparently I'm Michael Buble now. <laughs> it's a weird reference. This is a weird intro that no one will ever understand, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. Welcome to Death by DVD. <laughs> Oh, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we got no recently scenes this week because all I watched was trash, and uh, I don't want to talk about any of it. Hank, do you have any trash you need to talk about? I watched a really artsy French movie, and I, I don't feel like talking about it. It was good. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those weeks. Everyone's stuck at home. Everyone is starting to finally feel the pressure of, of the plague. The impending doom that is coming in on us but you just go through your dvds you go through your library and there's so much stuff you've seen before and just i don't know everything's boring so we decided to do a, a boring analytical show about capitalism and all the fun stuff uh, imperialism colonialism all the isms we're going to talk about a lot of isms at some point oh all of our buzzwords that we're just now world famous for um all of our political nonsense because this week we're talking about Parasite. Excuse me, Academy Award winner Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. Palm d'Or winner. Uh, the, I think, most prolific film from Korea. I mean, I don't think anything has ever been this big coming from Korea. A movie that I recently said I probably won't see for the next three or four years, but lo and behold, here the fuck I am. And it, it had nothing to do, that statement had absolutely nothing to do with it being a Korean movie, it winning the Academy Award, none of that. I am um, what you would call infantile, and when you tell me to do something, I immediately don't want to do it. So when more than three people said, hey, you should really check out Parasite, uh, no. How dare you? How, don't even talk to me. Don't even look at me. Don't suggest movies to me. Um, <laughs> Which plays like hell on the show. Yeah, it really... Then I just can't get them to do anything. Hey, we need to do this. Ah! It depends on what it is, I guess. You know, I mean, your idea of the entire Pauly Shore collection just... It, it was too much How for me. How the fuck is that my idea? That's your idea. That's always been your idea. I fucking hate Polly Shore. I just want to do, do... Let's do Biodome, dude. Exactly. Biodome. I don't even ask for a, a lot of Polly Shore. I just want to do Biodome, man, because it's a classic. It's a great movie. It's the last time Stephen Baldwin really made you feel something. He was also in that Pacino remake, Injustice for All. He was, he's been in a lot. Of, Polly Shore sucks. I hate Polly Shore. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah, I saw him live last year, and uh, I'm sorry, Polly, but it was pretty bad. I've not seen somebody bomb that bad since uh, I told a joke on the last episode. It's rough. Ooh, that is pretty rough, Polly. You don't know how bad that is. is always, I feel, the funniest brand of humor, and well, I, I'm going to stick with it. I kind of had your same sort of reaction to Parasite, because... Uh, 
I watched some uh, some other critics, some internet critics that I respect going, hey, Parasite, it might be the greatest movie of the year. And then my friend went and saw it and he said, oh, dude, you got to see Parasite. It's so good. It's so good. And I waited and then it came on Blu-ray and he made me watch it. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. And it replaced, uh, it came in number four. Like if you listen to my top five of 2019 list, it now is number four on that list. It didn't make number one, but I thought it was a quality movie. And I thought it had a lot to say. And especially for all the things that were nominated for uh, best picture of 2019, it was definitely the deserved winner because all the rest of those movies were just kind of, they didn't really say much. And this movie actually says a lot and it's kind of, politically unifying in themes of capitalism and how capitalism will inevitably end up devouring us all and destroying all of our lives smiles. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, I agree with pretty much everything you have to say. It is deserving of best picture. It was deserving of Palm door. It's a five star movie. And I, I, I know you can tell by the unenthusiastic tone of my voice. It's, <laughs> it's not that I don't like Parasite. And we'll get into all the odds and ends and all the corners of the movie. I, I, it just is one, it, This happens a lot, not just with me. I mean, this happens just in life in general. You just hear about something and, and you see people's reactions to it. And then you encounter it on your own. And it just has made me, I guess, a bit more surprised uh, by people by people's reactions and how they're they're reviewing this movie and the context and the, the subject and the subject matter of the movie. Because to me, I didn't find it uh, explicitly shocking. I didn't find it insane. I kind of just, you know, while that's imperialism, that's life. This is how capitalism has forced people to live, and it, it happens everywhere. So to me, I found it uh, much more of a sad, sad, depressing tale than anything else. Not so much this shocking, you'll never believe what happens uh, movie oh, that it's I, purported did, to. I never found it shocking. I don't. Were people saying that it was shocking that you'll never like believe where it goes? Because to me, like I've seen it, it goes like, where it has to go. I mean, inevitably where it has to go. It, uh, it's been getting a bit of like the Exorcist syndrome. You know, scariest movie ever made. You'll never see anything quite as frightening as The Exorcist. And the more and more I read about it, you know, you'll never believe this. This is the most shocking twist. You'll you'll not under you'll not see this coming. And yeah, I, I definitely didn't see it coming. Um, but but once everything is presented and once you know what happens in Parasite, I, I truly think it loses a bit of its effective nature. And this is something I've I've brought up and talked about before. But when it comes to rating a movie, I, I definitely have to rate it on rewatchability. There needs to be something in your art that makes me want to do this ride again. And I've seen Parasite three times, and this is by no means an insult to the movie, but I doubt I'll ever see it again. I, I understand what happened. I, I think I'm adequately um, adjusted to, to Parasite. I will say that I watched it once, and I will probably never watch it again. And that's not a... Uh statement on the film itself is just i got everything i really needed to get out of it yeah. in that first viewing which is i mean that says something about the writing and what it's about but at the same time i think what is kind of special about the film more than anything is it speaks with an international voice i.e just not a american film and it still talks about subject matter that even americans relate to that even japanese people can like Every around the world can relate to what this film is about and themes culturally even. Um, and that's pretty impressive. And also talking about class consciousness and the way it does in a way that's not particularly overly preachy. 
um, in a way that's also because in most films they talk about class consciousness and the other film from 2019 that people were always uh, lamenting how much it was about class consciousness was fucking Joker. And I think that is the big difference. If you are more of a Joker fan than a Parasite fan, that tells me a lot about you as a person because that tells me of this loan, I'm getting fucked over by the system. Let's just fuck everything and blow everything up. Or you can be about what Parasite is about, where the system is what's defective. Each member like of each family in this film, and we'll get into all that, the structure of the film, but at, like the middle class, the very poor, and the rich people, they're all victims of capitalism this isn't us versus them this is us versus a system and that's what's kind of amazing about parasite is it talks about that idea in itself that it's not any one particular person or type of people's fault it's the system itself that keeps us separated it's the system in itself that is causing like lunatic fucking behavior in people and that's kind of what's really important about it to me is just of how kind of subtle it can be and powerful all at the same time to something that's remarkable with the characters and, and, and capitalism sort of being the monster and the villain in this movie is nobody's really aware of it. No one is really directly aware of their behavior being uh, wrong or out of place or improper. It's just how people are conditioned via society to, to be and, and think and act the way that they do, down to um, you know people eventually turning on each other. And uh, you know there's a lot of metaphors for even things like communism falling and not working that we can get into and, and dust off when we get to that part of the movie it's is very very veiled uh just heavily with so many different metaphors and so many different concepts and there's just so many uh, uh, watching it the second time for me i ended up picking up a few things that i hadn't really noticed before that i definitely feel is is the director trying to draw attention to other things like the native americans and again we'll get there when we get there but the entire piece itself uh, is obviously effective and it is a wonderful movie but it just doesn't hold its effective nature after you've seen it after you understand the concept and you are you know going away from it and you're thinking but that about could it. also be a statement of how powerful it is that it yeah, doesn't truly. warrant a second like viewing you get it you understand what it says and it's a powerful message powerful enough that it will like reverberate within you from now on that you don't have to rewatch it and that's definitely why I, I agree with it being Palm d'Or and Best Picture, and I rate it, you know, right now, giving it a rating, five out of five. That's not, you know, an uphill argument here. This isn't a, a pissing match show of, we're going to be trendy and hate the Best Picture. Nah, it... <laughs> I generally liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I was very, very surprised, and I've done this a, a few times and, and talk about it on the show, but I, with intent, really learned nothing about this movie. All I knew was the awards and that the director's name was Bong, and I didn't bother to learn anything else. And so watching it and experiencing this with uh, you know just zero knowledge, I, I was so wrong, because I thought Parasite and it's Korea, and you know at the very beginning of the movie you've got... The guy, the drunk guy, and it shows, you know, briefly some sick-looking people. I, I really took it into a bad direction and thought it was going to be, you know, an infection movie and a parasite in Korea. And no, it, it's just a very beautiful title when you think about it, but it is a bit misleading, <laughs> especially when uh, you know we're doing a horror show for for the most part. So I was really thinking, zombies. well, it's no parasite three D. We'll yeah. just put it that way. Um, but. <sighs> What I've read a really dumb review of this movie, and I can't remember what um, publication it was, what internet publication. It was it was a conservative one, 
and the critic in it, it was either National Review or National, one of those weird right-wing things, but he kept talking about how much the filmmaker was praising this Antifa-style attitude, how the rich people are the bad guys, and the... Uh, the, this kind of lower middle class family, you're supposed to, to applaud them. Anti fascism. I mean, that's fucking Robin Hood for Christ's sakes. Come on. But sorry, I didn't not mean to even you that. Off. It's just like that's completely antithetical to what the point of the film is because no one's a goddamn hero in this. Yes, at the beginning, and that's what kind of the beauty is of it that we're kind of following along with this family, and our natural um, feeling is to treat them as the protagonist while they kind of have this fun invasion story of kind of taking over this family and tricking them into ble- and what's funny enough is as they are poor well it even begins to get very uh, deceitful as that goes on it's 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 very quick into the movie that you start losing hope i feel with the family because it's immediately as they begin to get hired they start neglecting the thoughts and emotions and feelings of others and are just you know true capitalists attempting to gain it all well i mean that's kind of where this whole story is leading to that they were never good guys to begin with like all this is fucked all these people it's not like they're bad guys either they're just people they're just you and i no just people they're driven by their station in life their their particular class in life has put them into this position but they're not all good they're not all bad but if you go to like what they were doing before they get these jobs in this rich household uh scam their way into it they're folding pizza boxes for a living well, too, and let's, let's examine They're terrible that. at it. They don't put any effort into it. Well, it's not even just that. You know, they complain about not being able to find work, but they're shown drinking in almost every scene in their house. So they all sit around and smoke cigarettes and drink beer and worry about the Wi-Fi and find the least applicable job, the, the job that takes the least amount of effort to get done instead of, you know, go. I mean, and I, I know shit about fuck when it comes to Korean culture. So I have no place to to talk or, you know, talk as if I know anything about how their lives are. But to me, in that instance, it was kind of a nod and a sign of, you know, they they aren't progressing uh, the best that they could. They don't have their antennas up. They aren't doing things as hard as they could. But when it comes to doing something deceitful, they excel at it. There's even a quote from the father that was, you know, forgery was an Oxford class you know our daughter would be head of it or something i'm paraphrasing but still it's they they only start applying themselves once the gain is coming to them by literally doing nothing and that truly is you know not the korean movie but that's the american way that's the perception uh that most people i feel have that whatever's easier and it turns out what's easier is never easy well i mean that's what the phrase you're like your teachers or your parents might have always told you is you seem to work harder trying to get out of work than you do just doing the work. And that's kind of the message of what we're doing here, of what they're doing that like they're actually to get weasel their way into this family. They're doing so much more work than it would be for them to actually try to find this job. But at the same time, they're really good at forgery, and not only that, the stuff that they are claiming to be, like an art therapist or a tutor, all they had to look it up, all they had to do was look it up on the internet, and they kind of got good at that, because what mattered was the reference that got them into the house. It wasn't a statement of how smart they were, they didn't work to get this job, they got a reference to get this job, and everybody believed them just because really the jobs themselves are not that difficult. What's important is who says, like, it's the same thing with like, like something like tattooing. You can be a great tattooer, but if you're uh, the person that you are working under doesn't like vouch for you, you got nowhere to go. 
it's a broken system in that way. Well, too, you're given at the beginning of the film a, a little bit of hope with the son uh, as a as a positive character, maybe somebody that you could put some trust into, which eventually that you know uh, dissolves and falls apart. But he had there was a notion that he had taken uh, college courses or had tried to get into university at least five times. He he was educated. He can speak English. Uh, he is bilingual. He could do all of these things. He, outside of having to fake being a college student, was qualified for the job. And something, again, I don't know anything about Korean culture, but just comparing it to something like ours, we don't bump into people from... Uh, from from different levels, you know, you don't bump into rich people. You you drive past gated communities, but they don't shop with you. You don't see them. And and just like in this film, the only way plausibly to have the different classes of society mixed together was by having, uh, like a student teacher or somebody coming into the house. Because in real life, you never encounter people from different classes. The the higher classes stay away from the lower classes, and the the lower classes stay away from the others. You know, you lock your door when a homeless person walks by. That sort of thing, and him infiltrating into the house, uh, he had so much hope. You know, he even says, I'm going to apply to university, and this fraud isn't a bad thing. I'm doing this to make our life better. But by doing that, their greed and, and just the excess of it, the, one job would have been sufficient for them to bring food and happiness into the household, but they slowly begin leeching and, and parasitically feeding off of not just their host, but everything around them by destroying the lives of other people. I mean, that driver, the, uh, yes. of course, the, the, the big they catapult They had to step made. on other people to get where they were going, which is typical with kind of a corporate structure, even in like an, an American business is, if you got to get to the top, you got to step on somebody to get there. And that's exactly and what they're bad. doing. You know, that's something that's expressed even with the daughter character when remorse is shown from the father of, fuck them, you don't feel bad for them, what about us? And that's how everyone generally is. Well, what about me? What about me? Even something going on right now with uh, the government, we're getting these stimulus checks. Americans, our European audience, your country cares about you, and you've probably already gotten something. Um, so good for you guys. Over here in the United States of America, we're finally starting to get the, the stimulus put out, and all I've been reading and seeing is, I don't want to be rude, but uh, maybe some lesser educated people People I know fairly well, you know, telling telling others, don't accept the check. They're going to take it from your taxes next year and kick your tax bracket up. They're stealing from you technically. Just false information and lies. And what happens is you've got these different levels of, of people, you know, uh, the poor and the rich, just to call it that. And various levels in between the poor and the rich of how rich and poor you are. But some people, no matter what, even if something's good, will, will dig in and try and be as negative uh, as possible to make something bad happen just because that's what they're used to. And that's kind of well, what that's ends also, up happening That's here. the fault of the system because that's what the system has created. This capitalist system has created this class, especially like something like the middle class, the lower middle class, is instead of working together to raise their entire class up, it's fuck everybody else in this class. I got to get the fuck out of it and get to the upper class. That's what's important. Not actually changing the system itself. It's why would I want to change a, a hierarchical system if I like can be a part of that hierarchical system and raise up in it? Why would I want to get rid of it at all? Because I always want to feel better than someone, and that's kind of a flaw of the culture. And it even goes to the rich family because – they're like kind of blissfully ignorant to everything going on in the world. While there's a rainbow in their backyard, the uh, lower middle class family is getting flooded out and their lives are fucking over. 
because rain and disease even ain't such a big thing to people if they're wealthy. It's like, we'll just lock ourselves in our, you know, our million dollar mansion and we'll just ride this thing out. Well, some people live like paycheck to paycheck. They're behind on their bills. And now how are they going to eat? So you have to like, with that separation of class and no one looking at the other class and how they live and not really caring because they're just on their own stupid fucking level and achievement, it kind of makes this horrible system where nobody ultimately wins. Not even the rich people win. It's an unfortunate, unfortunate selfishness that is instilled into most people. And it has nothing to do if you're good or a bad person. It's just pretty much what you've been taught from, even uh, your earliest memories in school onward, you know, people inherently worry about themselves more than anything else. And I, I don't mean it in a sense of you shouldn't worry about yourself, but, you know, this is a quote and I can't remember who actually said it, but, you know, you should never look into your neighbor's yard unless you're looking to help. You know, you, you shouldn't worry about if somebody's progressing more than you. Worry about everyone progressing because there's a real fault with this system that these people aren't unified that no one is unified that we can't talk to the rich that we can't go to certain schools you can't have a life unless you do certain things because of monetary consumption and value and uh, inflation inflation it's just all these ridiculous words and terms and buzz phrases that what does this do all it's done is complicated my life and i can't progress or move on so why should i care about anybody else so you end up negative and stuck in this this dismal place and uh, i guess we kind of neglected to, to talk about really what parasite is it's it's a it's a movie about a family in one lower class who infiltrates a rich family's home uh, in various jobs as a driver, a housekeeper, an art teacher, and an English, uh, somebody teaching the, the English language. And they leech off of these people as a parasite would, hence the title. So, I mean, uh, we've gotten pretty, we're getting deep into a lot of stuff, but, you know, just just in case somebody hasn't seen this or, or needs a refresher. Yeah, we're, we're going to be full on spoilers uh, throughout yeah. this whole thing. And not only that, the rich people as much as this the lower class people are leeching off them they've been leeching off the poorer class people to get to where they're at the entire time so literally everyone in this film is a parasite there isn't someone who is negated from the trauma of this capitalist society everybody is creating trauma and accepting trauma i mean because the ultimate end of the film when um the rich family's son faints which is basically what happens when there's mayhem going on again full spoilers when the lower middle class family, one of the members of it gets fucking stabbed and is dying, the father of the rich family only cares about his son. He's fainted. He needs to go to the hospital, which is inevitably what sets off the father of the lower class family and to doing what he does. But that, I mean, that's a statement overall about the different these different levels. It's like nobody, your kid passed out. Yeah, but he's sensitive. There's someone dying right here and you're not even paying attention. Well, they smell poor, which is what there's a lot of that going on. And that's what really set things off. And, and there's just with the family itself, focusing on, on the rich upper class family, you mentioned that they were sort of blissfully ignorant. And I really like that. And just to even point and poke at that a little bit more, the youngest son has this obsession with Native Americans and they you know buy all these products from the United States and headdresses and no education about the plight of these people. You know, your your young son is interested in this, and you don't sit down and talk about how awful and how bad it was because you don't care about it. You just care about getting him a little tomahawk to run around and play because he saw a western or something. And I feel 
that's just kind of an inclusion and something that is laid in by the director to give you another thought about culture. Uh, in the United States, we don't really look outward. We don't know much about other places, but like in Korea, uh, using English names gives you a higher esteem in society. So, uh, you know, if you're name is Bong Wook or whatever, and you go by Jessica, people are going to think that, you know, that's a male's name, but what the fuck ever. You go by Kevin, they're going to assume that you've been to the United States or educated and that you have a higher placement. Uh, products even, buying things from the United States, of course it's going to work. It's from America. You know, and, and all we do over here is it's from fucking China. It's from Korea. Piece of shit's going to break down. So it's very interesting to be able to have this look into a different society and see... They're not really making fun of us, but capitalism pretty much is because of imperialism. You know, people came in and set up this shit, and it's just been that way, and it wasn't there beforehand. So you've got all the real isms that, that cause issues here. Korea wasn't a capitalist nation. The United States wasn't a capitalist nation. People came over and started that, and it's just been the way because money really is, is what matters. Money and... People don't even matter. It's, it's money and power. And the more a figurehead, even a corporation, has money and power, the less people are going to matter in any situation. It doesn't matter if you're living in the basement or if you're living in the, the sky rise or the beautiful house, whatever. It's, it's a euphemism. But you don't really matter to anybody. You're just a, a figure, ones and zeros in the, the big computer, you know? Well, something I was focusing on a little bit earlier was um... – what really separates the class isn't even going to college. It's not actually learning the things. It's making someone believe that you know what you're talking about, and that's really what's important. So that's a, a very thin line between super rich to super poor. It's like it's the the basic thing of like how much can you fake it. And how much can you lie to get where you need to get going? Because that's ultimately what's going to pay off. It's a recommendation from someone that a rich person trusts. Do you think anybody who's a executive vice president of a corporation got there by hard work? No, they got there from someone they know. That's how it always works. Not, I mean, they can sit there and say how hard they work, but they're basically ignoring the great privilege they had of getting there because – there's no way you come from like a, like a small lower to middle class family and just bust your way up to the top and are making a like seven eight figure salary yearly. That doesn't happen. It's who you know that got you there, and it's not due to any sort of perceived fucking talent at all. And it shows it in the film through them faking their resumes and them being able to get these jobs. And they're actually pretty good at those jobs. Why? Because the people believe that they're pretty good at those jobs. They're just making shit up. It's just good enough though. And that's kind of one of the important ideas behind the film is just how this system just kind of keeps turning in its own fucking circle and prolificating itself over and over again without actually having any real facts or logic involved. And it's remarkable how it plays into real life because everything that you're witnessing and watching, most people go through. I mean, yes, there are some exuberant scenes and what we're going to get into with what happens to these characters is pretty crazy. But for the most part, on a day-to-day -day average, all people do is just work to one-up somebody. I mean, even like yard work. Have you ever noticed that? Like, you know, one of your neighbors comes out and starts raking and then two or three other neighbors come out and start raking, and once it gets to spring or so, you know, depending on where you live, you just notice that people that don't 
talk to each other, even associate with each other, go out and try and one-up each other for what? Not because they enjoy their yard or it looks pretty, because they want to look better than their fucking neighbors. For, for what reason? Nobody worries about the things that are, are considerably important, like hunger. But those or, things or, are perceived, though. Those are an outward appearance that you can go, well, at least my yard looks nice. My house facing. might not be nice, but my yard looks nice. And maybe people won't know what's going on inside of my crazy weird hoarder house and you know front facing is not just you know with houses it's it's your individuality is presenting yourself as something you're not trying to get back into where we're we're at here almost everyone in this movie was very confident what they were doing because they could do it if they had applied themselves in any other manner they they could have actually come up that ladder of success and possibly done something for themselves but it was just so much easier to complain about it and that's just what you see constantly, especially with the fucking plague going around, all anyone can do is complain about being stuck inside. Would you rather die? I mean, I understand you have the internet and a venue to just constantly have a soapbox and say whatever you want to, but collectively, the whole world is just complaining about being stuck inside while a virus is killing people. People will complain about anything and everything instead of just doing something. Fucking learn Latin, okay? I don't know. Record a podcast. Watch Parasite. Well, do something. You're getting into like deep internal stuff because most of what those complaints are are just fear-based complaints because they're afraid because they don't know what's going to happen and, and they're only they're mostly the afraid killer. because they don't have absolute control over their situation. And a certain aspect of life that I've learned anyway is you got to learn to let go of that shit of this perceived notion that you have control over anything, and that's also part of the film. Because um, Plans. the father of the lower to middle class family just basically says there's no point in a plan towards the end of the film. It's just like it doesn't and, and matter because none of them ever come true. Despite that being, I, I think, a nihilistic scene and something that's made to, to stir emotion, I completely agree with it. That people put so much stock and hope and ideas in this plan and the second something goes wrong, it, it's, it's life ending. It ruins your day. It just destroys everything. As to where there, there is no plan in life. There is no plan in the universe. There is no... Bees don't have plans. Lions don't you, have plans. You, there's just <laughs> actions and reactions and actually living and experiencing things. Things don't always go right and according to what is, is set in your mind because that's reality and how things function. You just need to, to do. Just do. You know, get off your you ass gotta and You've got to be jam. proactive. As, as uh, P-Funk said, shit, goddamn, get off your ass and jam. You know, you just got to do. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount of proactivity you have to be like, you get handed a fucking lemon in life like a fucking plague. You go, okay, these are the facts that are presented with me. How am I going to deal with the situation? Well, apparently I'm going to... anything i mean it's just the idea of putting so much stock into something that doesn't always work out instead of yourself instead of the day-to-day -day living instead of you know you worrying about what you need to get done it's just this almost overwhelming tidal wave and when he explains there's just no hope in having a plan look at this no one planned to spend the night here no one wanted to be in this gym no one thought about this 
you, you have to kind of open up yourself and kind of think about that. When bad things happen, you didn't plan for them. And when good things happen, you didn't really plan for them. It's just a matter of things happening. It's reality, unfortunately. And that's just the motion of things. There is no control. There, nothing has... Uh, this daily fucking thing like humans do bees don't wake up and have a a written plan on the wall with a whiteboard it's just doing or not doing it's existing or not existing it's being proactive in all instances you can be and that's just as simple as it is it's not getting hung up on all the bullshit that surrounds you it's taking what you're given and moving along and doing the best that you can and that's what really the indictment of capitalism has a lot to do about because if we were all simultaneously working together and stop worrying about the hierarchical nature of what is going on with a capitalist society, things could turn around if you could just get out of your head of trying to make your way up the hierarchy because at the end of the the, the film and um, you're basically it's a very important theme that these dreams that you have are distractions of you trying to make it up some sort of perceived ladder that doesn't exist. The important thing is to get everyone together, all classes together, class consciousness, to get together to make the world a better place for everyone and stop worrying about what you can get for you and your your own and leaving the rest behind because inherently that's it's you can have a moral debate about it. Uh, I personally find that the the moral, because I mean, look at the situation we're in currently, that you have a literal pandemic going on and you have people complaining about they might lose their boat, their their boat payment's too high for them because they got laid off. And it's just like, are you and your family still alive? That's the important thing. Uh, and I'm going to have to sell my vacation home. I can't believe it. Uh you have two homes in this economy? I, you know, wow. I lost $3,000 on cruise tickets. Oh, Jesus, cry me fucking river. Well, I, I live literally paycheck to paycheck, and I'm behind on all of my shit. So me getting laid off is a big deal. You getting laid off means you might, what, you got to live on your, your twenty to 30000 And if you are living to paycheck to paycheck and you do have extravagant things, um, that are going to be taken away from you. You probably didn't need them to begin with. That's part of the goddamn issue. If you're living a paycheck to paycheck and you and your spouse combined make $200,000 a year, then you're living incorrectly. How and why are you living paycheck to paycheck? We need to get together as a society and start working on these things together. Class consciousness, getting everything together so it's better for everyone, and stop worrying about your own precious little cruise vacation plans. Well, even the rich against the poor aside, uh, people in the same classes aren't thinking of each other. It's just my check. When I when I get this, I'm gonna do that. I'm I'm gonna. This isn't a treat from the government to go have fun and buy cocaine with. This is something that's serious. You need to use it as some form of fucking stimulus for yourself. Take care of your household. Take care of yourself. Nobody wants to dig into this perception that we are more than just one thing. You know, if, if your neighbor is sick and dying and you do absolutely nothing about it because uh, I don't know them, what what if it was you? And I know this is a, a piss-poor idea because, uh, well, I don't care. 
I care more about me. I want my diamonds. I want whatever. I want to have my place in the sky. But shouldn't everybody, too? And it's not, you know, delving deep into communism. It's just the idea. If you have food, wouldn't it be nice if your neighbor did, too? Do you really want people starving? Do you really want other people to be to be worse than you? And that's where we really get into something interesting when we see what's happening in, in, the, in the basement in, in Parasite. Well, not so much a basement, the bomb shelter. And yeah, in the in the bomb shelter parasite, I mean that also kind of reflects what's going on societally every day because so much of everything is stepping on someone else, and that's probably the most negative thing you can do is just constantly try to step on someone else to make a way for yourself to move up the hierarchical chain. And in the basement in parasite, you have people who. Or not unlike the people, the the Lord of Middle Class family, and this is they where were they're struggling. They didn't choose to be in the basement because it was fun or it was a free ride. They chose to be in the basement because the husband had made some poor choices with money and had loan sharks coming after him. When the housekeeper is fired and we see her next, she's been beaten. She's been hurt because the loan sharks are looking for her. She can't pay them anymore. So this family uh, coming in and feeding off the richer family has even caused more turmoil and problem for somebody that they didn't even know. Somebody that they don't even care about. They don't even uh, ask her why she's been hurt. You know, It's just a matter of get out because you're going to expose our little ride here. And in an American and a capitalist society... What we, not specifically America, but just capitalist societies and America being the probably the largest one, the thing that people seem the most concerned about on the hierarchical ladder is punishment. Well, you made those mistakes. You had a cake shop. You had a dream that was not successful that you put your your time and money into it, and you knew that uh, these loan sharks come after you and did it anyway. Well, you should be punished for it by not having health insurance, by not eating correct food, by living in a food desert, by all these horrible things because you made bad decisions. It's like, well, not all those are bad decisions. Some of those decisions were things that came to you that they had to try to uh, overcome and uh, achieve. It's not always everyone's fault. You shouldn't always have to be punished because you didn't make the right financial decisions. But in specifically America, that's what people are most concerned about is you being punished for whatever you did incorrectly because that uh, a lot of it falls along with the religious lines and a lot of other things because that's what we're most accept, uh, obsessed with in America specifically is just <sighs> – I mean, think about. Well, I mean, the bi- the biggest reference here that you can even bring up is Dostoevsky, uh, Crime and Punishment. I mean, it's that's that's a very clear, great example of of, of what you're you're bringing up. But the 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 thing too is, you it goes back to plans and that whole concept of plans never working out. Do you think that these people woke up and planned to get in debt? And planned to have to go to loan sharks and planned to kiss somebody's ass and take care of their children constantly and deal with them every day of their life and planned to live inside of a bomb shelter. This wasn't part of a functionary idea that they put together. This is great. Let's do this. It happened and they did what they had to do to survive because there were no other places. You couldn't go to the government. You can't go to the the, the police and say, I'm homeless. I need help. They'll fucking arrest you for vagrancy and send you to jail, and then you'll come out of jail in debt because they charge you to be in fucking county. Well, not all of them, but 
where I live, it's a privatized county it's jail. It's most of them. Yeah, so you go inside and you got to fucking pay them before you come out and you're even in more trouble because you can't pay them. There's no way to get a stepping stone up. That's something you'd referenced earlier unless you have a reference. Unless you have, and, and that's just ridiculous even in nature that there is no true way of, of succeeding in success unless you've known somebody that does it and they can say something nice about you and it has nothing to do with your faculties education or your capabilities or what you are as a human it's just the fact that somebody with a nice suit possibly knew something uh, and said <laughs> well something. for christ's sakes look at the um uh, currently in America, the Secretary of Education is Betsy DeVos. I, th- I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Who is she? What does she have to do with about, with education at all? Fucking nothing. She knows nothing about education. But her brother owns a mercenary company that was very popular in America called Blackwater. And on down the line, all of Donald Trump's people that he's instilled in the government are all favor jobs. They're that, all and that was just such a a, a big thing you even just said. Her brother owns a company that's a mercenary company. So he doesn't. Oh, they own... fight our private wars for profit. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm aware of Blackwater, but that's just something in, in our culture and capitalism, and not just the United States, but there is a man that owns a company that takes ex soldiers and they go on military operations that we don't have jurisdiction for and kill people, or they authorize weapons deals. A single guy, a normal citizen, owns this fucking company and has military contracts, government contracts, not just with us, with all over the world. Blackwater is a massive weapons dealer, a legal weapons dealer, something that we've been at war with, with Mexico and the cartels. Well, not at war with Mexico, but the drug war with the cartels for years, literally for what we have a sanctioned, okay version of. It's okay for Blackwater to go sell AK-47s to African militants, but... If the Mexicans sell them to people that are fighting, mil- you know, and it's just but these those thin are in our imperialistic lines. interest to yeah. sell them those because we're trying to get rid of a leader that America perceives to be a negative leader, and we want to start a revolution anywhere that we fucking can to control whatever to sell bananas for Christ's sakes. But when Che Guevara does it, we send the CIA to kill him because we didn't sanction those things. We don't want the people in the Congo doing well. We stuff was going on really well with the Dutch. You fucked all that up. There's no right way to do things and where this whole weird political odd Che Guevara references turn into something is they're given what you find out is that this family is forced to be living in this bomb shelter and there is no unification. There is no Shit, this is this is a really bad situation. It turns into violence immediately, and it, it's somebody in just as a bad situation not wanting to help because their piece of the pie is now endangered. They're not going to have as much of a good time. And what but they're basically both fighting over that middle class dream. That's I mean, that's my middle class dream. Well, you're both in the same spot. Why do you have to fight? Because I want it and fuck them. Well, you get redemption somewhat, though, because following that, the family realizes and says, we didn't discuss this. Let's take them some extra food. Let's go and try and talk about this. But too much time has been spent. And the problem is for every action, there truly is a reaction. And you can't always go back and fix things. Sometimes it's just not going to happen. The bridge has been burned and you can't do anything about it. And it's because you didn't think. And that's something no one does. They don't think about a general situation. They think about themselves. They think immediately about what they need to do, not what the situation calls for. You might need to run. You might need to fight. You might need to do something, but it doesn't always call for that. And immediately, 
these people turn upon each other, and both of them uh, show their exuberant, horrible natures because the poor get the upper hand on the poor, and it they just turn against each other again. It's kind of like uh, you know making World War II references and stuff. Just the the, the non function, non functionary notion of uh, like Stalin communism. Nobody really helped each other. It was just a format to make things lower and lower, and the poor stay poor. Well, and this all gets down to a primalistic notion that in humanity that might makes right. And that seems to be the most important rule for everybody. And we're not using it so much anymore like monkey days where it's literal might and literal violence. It can be those ways, but mostly it's through oppressive uses of capitalism and money and banking systems and a lot of other things. That's the might of current day. I will buy and sell your fucking ass. And that's the most important thing to be. It goes back to the punishment thing. It goes back to a lot of different things because really what's most important in a capitalist society is a fucking pat on the head is that I'm better than you and someone recognizes it. It's all about visuals. It's all about what people, I want people to think of me. It's not who I truthfully am that matters. I'm going to change my name to fucking Kevin so I seem more Americanized, for Christ's sakes. I mean, that's super fucking negative shit in a a capitalistic system. Um, No one has a soul or an actual identity, and that's, you know, what you just touched upon is really important, that even once... Mr. Kim gets the job as a driver. He just exceeds on doing something to get him some sort of notification that he's doing a good job until he overhears the comment about his smell. And that's what just generally drives him crazy and I think is something of, of you know utmost importance. Well, he, always, he knows he's never going to get the smell of poor off of him at the same time. It's the one thing he perceives about himself as negative. It's just like I... I am this. You think I will always be this. Well, that's the idea behind it, though. There is no smell of being poor. Uh, yes, there is a, a mildewy basement smell, and that's besides the point. Everyone's been to a retirement community and knows that odd, chemical, old person smell. But this the idea that this man feels that there is a smell to poor. I mean, it's just incredibly insulting and shows his place in the world that he thinks he's so much better than people, and it's... it's uh, to me, I mean, and I guess it's not just to me, it was, it was the focal point of why it was said. It was the most devastating thing in the, in the entire movie, an entire movie of people being absolutely abhorrent. This man's uh, lackadaisical care of of other of human beings. Of a person beings. dying while he only cares about his son. Yeah. His you know, fainted son. And he's so offended by having to touch a, a man dying with a giant fucking barbecue stick in his side that he's just offended by his smell. And it, it's just so, such a ludicrous notion that when, when things really go you know full tilt boogie and go insane and there's a, a great act of violence, I, 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 I don't feel it's justified by any means, but I understand it. I completely understand that moment, and I think it was probably one of the most pure moments in the entire movie because it, it truly shows no matter what, no matter how hard people work together or, or try, it, just having a plan, it doesn't really work. It doesn't. <laughs> you have a plan for yourself. You have a plan uh, for your gain. Well, for, I... I also you, think the movie everyone. is saying all those things, but it, I think ultimately it's saying that the problem isn't the problem is the system itself. It's not these specific actors within this system. The system will always come to these sorts of squabbles and these sorts of um, ultimate ends 
because the system is what's fucked. As long as we change that, we might have hope. And I think that is the hope of the film is like as desperate as it is at the end. And is kind of, you know, oddly I like negative. The desperation. <laughs> I mean, I found something very beautiful about the ending of the movie. And I, I just, uh, the ending song is something I, I'll get it wrong, but it's either 562 years or 582 years. It's, it's a large number, but the director calculated how long it would take Kevin to work to get the house. And so that upbeat, cheery song that you hear playing throughout the end of the film is pretty much saying it's going to take almost 600 years for you to accomplish this goal. It's it's a completely unrealistic goal. You know, it's it's a true kill shot. It's like making sure to drop, when the hangman drops the noose, that their neck breaks and there's no, no way anyone can survive. There is hope in dreaming. And that's one thing that I think is... One of the most important assets a human can have is is dreaming and having hope. And when you stop having dreams, when you stop hoping, there's a serious issue going on with you that you need to observe and take into consideration. So the fact that Kevin, for all intents and purposes of calling him that, still has some form of hope and dreams, it gives me, and he's the character I feel that you, you somewhat hope throughout the entire movie is going to have some form of redemption as he continually spirals into being worse and worse and worse. And what you're given at the end of the movie with this idea, this gesture of hope is possibly maybe tomorrow could be better. Maybe, but there's still, it's just selfish in its entire nature. Everything, everyone is selfish. It it could be different tomorrow, but it won't be different tomorrow. Um, Because you're working for the wrong goals. If we make changes, it can be. But like this, it's never going to it's going to be the same self-perpetuating system over and over and over again that you, it's going to be another fight. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's my it's the lottery ticket scenario. It's the uh, people are going to spend like thousands of dollars a year to play a lottery that is statistically speaking. Oh, I thought you meant that story, not, the lottery. No, 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 no. Yeah, statistically rock. speaking, they will never win the lottery. But just to have the shot the dream that possibly, I mean, that's why so many like poor people vote against tax hikes for the rich because one day I might be rich. And that sounds like that would suck. You're never going to be rich. And this is only going to help you in the long run. Would you just go along with this? Nope. Because well, nationalism that sounds plays bad. a lot into that. I mean, people have this nationalistic idea that especially in the United States, this is more of a, an American reference that, this is the land of the free and the brave. Anybody can com- become president, obviously. You can become whatever you want to. If we start voting against this, I'm never going to get my peace. I'm never going to have my Malibu house. Well, You're Leonardo- never going to anyway. 5,000 yeah. days, baby. Leon- 5,000 years. Leonardo DiCaprio just recently sold his Malibu house to Moby for, I think, a, a cheap $20 million cash. Where are you going to get that? And I'm not trying to be a buzzkill and destroying people's dreams, but that's part of the problem with Parasite is there is no absolute reality. I know uh, even if I work as hard as humanly possible in my point in my life right now, I'll never be Martin Scorsese, but I could be Fred Olin Ray. I'm I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> There's still passion. You, you just can't not have it. You, you know... Uh, 
And I don't know, I'm trying to like connect things. Like, you know, you get that reference with the the daughter when the father says, you know, God, a forgery was a skill. She could have gone to university, but she had artistic integrity. She was really talented at things. She still could have. And again, I don't know. She just couldn't get that reference, yo. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about Korean culture, but I I believe and I think it's it's touched upon in the movie to to become a university student and to, to move up in the world. You have to do mandatory military service. So I think that is sort of a notion that is provided with the family and something I, I said earlier that when they're always together, they just they they're they're uh, lecherous drunks. I mean, they're gluttons. They're they're all of the seven deadly sins, all uh, literally all of them. Pride, lust, gluttony, um, which is only three out of seven. But hey, whatever. My math isn't <laughs> that great. They don't want to progress. They just want it to be handed to them. And that truly is, I mean, capitalism obviously is worldwide, and this is a Korean film, but that is something that is very specific to Americans. I just, I, I want to be that way. Well, then fucking take some acting classes and learn how to dance well, and go, I mean, you know. I, even I mean, that, I, though. You know where I'm meaning. With the, the assumption of that is the odds of any of that happening are so incredibly fucking slim because it's always going to be who you know that gets you there. And that's the system we're working with. So at least if you can identify that system and stop dreaming that you can have the things that you never will, actually try to go in a direction that like gets you closer to something like that. But it, like I don't know. Just, just you stop having such lofty dreams that are almost impossible. Fix the shit around you that can make something close to that possible, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Reality Fix the can system be itself. It, it just comes down to you. I mean, you can sit in your basement room and drink beer and complain about absolutely everything, but at the same time, you're lucky to have a basement room and beer and family to be around you. I mean, ever, they had each other. That's something people don't, even in this situation that uh, the world is going through right now, seem to even care about. At least we two have each other. Not everyone does. It, it's a wonderful thing uh, for me personally. I, I'm at home with my mother and father, and I haven't gotten to spend this much time with them in my entire fucking life. I, I've not, I'm hearing stories from my dad that I've never heard before. I've actually gotten to grow close to people, and you, you start watching and you look at your friends and other loved ones who just use it as a stepping stone to fucking complain, to sit and to just let storm clouds of negativity flow and just, just fucking walk around with that over their head because <laughs> it's what's easy to do. It's really the American way. I can't go out. Hey, you can, but you might get fucking COVID-19, and there's absolutely like no testing going on in our country. We don't know if you're going to get a respirator. Do you really want to risk it? I mean... I'm sorry that all the bars are closed. All the shopping malls are closed, too. This is really an important time to think about yourself. You know, don't put up walls. Don't just become a void. Oh, I guess I'm going to get fucked up because there's nothing to do. Make something happen. Everyone has dreams, and it's, you know, Kevin at the end of the movie, he has this unattainable dream. But at the same time, he still at least has some motive, some some drive, possibly to not be in that basement anymore. And if we could all be out of the figurative basement, and we could all have drive, and we could all work for a better tomorrow, wouldn't that just be beautiful? Wouldn't it be great if you could, you know, I want to be a surgeon and just go to school and become a surgeon and not worry about millions <laughs> of dollars of fucking debt later on in life? Well, see, that's what I, th like, I don't know if I differ with you on this or not. Um, but that's where I think the film is saying this dream is incredibly stupid.
stupid that you have. You have to wake up and see what is like really going on and change that. Stop having the dream that you're going to be able to win the lottery and start realizing that if I do these small things, these small changes that every day it will be just a little bit better. I'm not going to cash out at a million, but maybe if I get an extra fucking 10,000, my life can be a little bit better just in fucking wages. I agree with you. Um, I, I guess maybe I'm just explaining it poorly uh, for me, just as the, as a viewer, somebody that was experiencing the story and experiencing the scene when he has that dream and he, I don't know. I feel that it, in maybe a hopeful sense, delivers some form of drive to to this individual. That it, because of what he's been through, and because of literal the degradation of his own soul and everyone around his, you know, soul just energy as a as a, a term for individuality, who you are. That possibly being able to have this dream will help him allow his his self to grow and not be a parasite. But it's it's just an interpretation because truly, uh, you, you're surmi- sur- that surmising of what that scene is. I, you know that's really what it is. It's it's letting you know how unbelievable this is and that you have to grow up. You have to focus. You have to you have to grow up. Well, okay. Think about what we're going through right now. Um, Think about the people who are really freaking out about mostly financial things, about capitalism in itself. People who play the stock market. People are complaining there's not enough sports on TV. People are complaining Vegas is shut down. People are complaining. Like, so gambling. You're pissed because you can't possibly make more money every day than you made the day before. And that seems to be one of my big problems with capitalism is i mean the stock market is nothing but gambling it's a gamble what's going to do like better tomorrow than it did the day before or do worse and that is what we do for financials in this in the world at this point we literally just gamble on shit because it's a wild fucking ride and some days you're going to do good and fucking basically come everywhere and get off and some days you're going to do bad and you never felt lower because that's what people need is this stupid drama to play out. What's wrong with just going home and having enough money in the bank to be like safe? <laughs> you know what capitalism does and, and what this machine it truly does is it causes human life to have no value. And when you buy into capitalism and you start believing in capitalism, you're, you have no fucking value. And that's the problem with this. I miss baseball, sure, but w- what impact does that have on my life? absolutely none outside of wasting two or three hours sitting in front of my TV. And that's all it is. That's all any form of bland entertainment that you aren't educating or learning. And I'm not saying, you know, like you sit down and watch Biodome, that you're not wasting your time. There isn't a goddamn uh, hopeful. I mean, there is. There actually is a message in Biodome. That was a bad example. I guess I could have picked the worst (laughs) Polly Shore movie. There is a nice environmental message behind that. But, you you know, I'm not trying to – I mean, I watch sports. I watch hockey. I watch baseball. I'm a fan of it. But I think it's pointless. I think it's blind and it's just – kind of dumb in general i understand athleticism and i think that's fine and again i'm delving too deep into something uh, like almost politically personal but you decide to do these things and you are missing out on any form of 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 growing you know like i can't go to the bar i can't go to the baseball games i can't gamble all you have no value to your life you have no value to anything, and that's because this machine, uh, literally this fascist fucking insect of a machine, uh, a parasite itself, 
has taught everyone that there is no value. There is no value to even human life. You see somebody on the news, a murderer, I hope that fucker fries. Why? You don't even know the reasons that these things happened. It's just this lack of value. We truly are items on a shelf. To sum a, a good portion of this up, what is one of the number one things that any Trump fan troll on the internet will always put as being the most important thing? One word, winning. And that is what capitalism is obsessed with, winners and losers. Not breaking even. No, breaking even is a fucking loser way of doing things. Everybody being somewhat happy is fucking loser. What we need to have is big ups and big downs only. Winning's what's important in America and it always will be and always has been. Fuck that. Can we just not like do okay? Why does it always have to be like we're we're winning and you It's lost. not even doing okay. Can't we just get by? Can't everybody just get by? Can't there be bread in every home and water? Uh, that's even a notion that's ridiculous. There's 40, 50 fucking brands of water at every grocery store at various prices. You know what it is? It's water. You can't even have well, or I mean, in most states, you can't capture rainwater. You, you're, it's, it's illegal because you have to go to the store and buy water. You have to pay for it because somebody has to get a percentage because that's how it works. It, it makes the world better. You helped Nestle out. What? Well, why? I just wanted water. You know, uh, you want to really call winning? Uh, I really like to win when, um, I don't know, say a thousand immigrants died due to uh different fucking laws and shit and like wanting to build walls up but we won that one people died of because you won ah, it's not my fault and they shouldn't have done this and that it's their fault it's like so you're just justifying your own fascistic concepts to yourself because well it's not my fault you're letting people die, but that's not your fault. But let's look at the characters in Parasite. It, it's, the, it's, it's literally what you just said is the same thing. None of them see any errors with their ways. No one thinks that it's wrong, and this is what you've been taught by capitalism, by things like imperialism. You, their individuality has absolutely no meaning unless it's some superstar. Quentin Tarantino's individuality matters, but does John Adamson from uh, Dubuque, Iowa matter no who the fuck cares about that guy he could have a really sweet collection of uh warhammer things he's just breaking even though hank and that's a loser talk yeah i mean this guy could be like a really great craft painter and have 2000 awesome warcraft toys oh that guy's a fucking cook he what's he doing what and what is any of these terms what is any reasoning for uh blatantly insulting someone outside of fear You don't comprehend or understand even how the machine itself works, but you value yourself as some cog inside of it. And at the end of the day, let's even make a goddamn aliens reference. It doesn't matter, man. Your air tanks are going to be fucking sabotaged just to bring the weapon back, pretty much. No one matters. What What makes you matter is whatever you can do, and you can just be thrown away. So, like, aliens, all these marines, they weren't sent there to defend or help anyone. They were sent there to bring the thing back. They're expendable, and so are you. Everyone is. I mean, you could work for a company for 50 years. Do you think the president of wherever, let's say, Target, knows who you are? No. Absolutely not. 
you can work at a company for 30 some odd years and then when you're getting close to retirement and eh, we've decided to fire you for time card fraud because you were late uh, 10 times in 30 years and now we don't have to pay uh, your pension now we don't have to pay your health insurance now we don't have to pay any of this shit so why don't you just get lost really so me having any sort of what now nah, because at the end of the day it's the bottom line Hockey ain't popular in America because there are ties in hockey, if that tells you anything. Nothing is even. Nothing is fair. Nothing is fun. And unfortunately, that's reality. They're, they're, it's something you constantly hear. It's just not fair. It isn't. It, it, nothing really is. And every day is an injustice. I'm sure in all of our lives, an injustice happens constantly. But what does that have to do with your gain? Uh, I just didn't have a good time, so fuck them. And even down to something like, I had a bad night at this bar, so fuck them. I'm never going to go to it again. And, and this person shit talks and shit talks and shit talks this, this venue for years and years and years because they had a bad time. What does that do for anyone around you? And where I'm trying to like drag this into Parasite is all everyone does is complain from the rich to the poor. I can't believe my driver would do that. Uh, this guy smells like he's poor. No one has any safety. No one has just the thought and the idea of, I'm secure in my day. I, I've got a great staff of people working for me, and everything's going to go all right. There's just always more, 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 more. There's never the consideration or the thought of things are okay. That's something nobody even thinks about, uh, like praying. Wouldn't you just be so happy to have safety? Just safety in life. I mean, that could mean anything. Safety means that you have a, a roof over your head and food and happiness. Safety is so much where you want gold, you want riches, you want to be the president, you want whatever. You should want safety. And that truly could encompass everything. Happiness, love, life, a wealth of all of those things. And you should want it for everyone. There should be, I mean, even if you have a fucking guy you hate... Do you want his family to starve and not have food? Do you not want them to be accessible to medication? No. Every, it does not matter. But we are taught and we are conditioned to have enemies and to have this, this hopeless feeling that we don't truly matter. We hate people from the Middle East for what reason? They're terrorists because of 9-11. Well, who did 9-11? Uh, fucking uh, sand people. Great, now it's a Star Wars reference. What the fuck? We don't even know where our enemies come from. Most of the guys that had to go to Vietnam didn't even know where the fuck it was. Well, this went off the deep end, didn't it? But we always knew it would. It took a little while to get into it. It's not, I don't think, you know, incredibly <laughs> We knew we dismal. were coming here. We knew it. I don't think it's nothing we've said really is dismal or even overtly politically charged. I think it's the nature of, of this film. I think really it's what a lot of it stands for. And, you know, as we began the show a little quietly, we, you know, obviously have come out of our shells with a lot of opinions and thoughts. And I really stick by what I said. I think it's a five out of five, um, you know, cult points, regular points, everything. It deserved Palm d'Or. It's a spectacular film, and I, I definitely look forward to seeing more from uh, Bong Joon-ho. I, I really Watch Snowpiercer. It's pretty fucking good. Well, I've seen Snowpiercer. I wasn't aware I liked it was the it. same guy. I literally, like I said uh, earlier in the show, I, I didn't bother doing any research. I didn't want to know anything about this. I didn't want to have... I didn't want to have any ideas of what I was going to see or what this artist was capable of. And when when you have the chance to do that, it's really spectacular to just not know any of their other work or, or what or, or even feel comfortable with them. 
and you experience something almost enlightening by being able to blindly go into uh, somebody's art and, and just know it without knowing them. Sometimes when you know who they are and you know a lot about them or you know their style, you expect things, you want certain things, and it, it becomes a little dismal because you don't get them. When you don't know anything, it's just sometimes fun. And for me, I think that was one of the, the, the most important things with <laughs> this very depressing movie. It was fun. It was eye-opening. It was well-produced. It it's was kind of well a comedy written. for about a quarter of it, if not like a, a half of it. Yeah, it's just it, when you see something that is so well done, it's just fun sometimes. It's like the equivalent of being able to have a roller coaster ride of like, wow, they did everything I wanted. They, they, it looks great. It sounds great. It's just great. And, and it's very rare to be able to say something like that. And that's why I really think, you know, all the accolades this film has gotten and, and the awards are definitely just. It's, it's very just. Hey, uh, the things you own end up owning you, Tyler Durden. You're not Ooh. your fucking khakis. <laughs> that should, there we go. That, that wraps it up pretty good, huh? Yeah. That's Fight it. Club reference. The ashtray is full. The bottle is empty. Join us next week. I believe we are going back into the video nasties, so learn up on that, people. Learn up. I'm going to cut that. Learn up. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. And now our national anthem.